Why should I be frightened of dying? There's no reason for it. You better go sometimes. Hello and welcome to the Sam Reed's Near-Death Experiences podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Today we have an NDE coming to us from Switzerland. It happened to a woman named Suzanne in October of 2018. Suzanne was in a accident where a bus braked too hard and she had some internal injuries which then led to this NDE. This experience was originally written in German and was translated into English. And I don't know if it's because of the translation or just because Suzanne is a great writer, but there are a lot of very interesting phrases and descriptions which make it a very fascinating read and one that does a great job of describing something which sounds very hard to describe. I found this account on the nderf.org website, and I will post a link to this story in the description of this episode, and I would highly recommend you all check out this story and others on nderf.org. So without any further ado, we will dive right in. This is Suzanne's near-death experience. Quote, The bus driver was pushing the brakes too hard. I went flying through the aisle and was stopped by being wrapped around a hydraulic bar that connects the driver's cabin with the door. I was carried to the hospital by an ambulance as they suspected I had a fractured rib. It turned out that I sustained an injury causing massive inner bleeding and the destruction of three inner organs. At two in the morning, I was rushed to another hospital that was equipped for severely injured persons. When I arrived at the trauma room, I lost consciousness. The next thing I remember was seeing myself lying on a narrow stretcher and barely covered. At the base of the feet was a big metal circle. It was a CT scanner. There were people on both sides of the machine. Their shapes were vague in contrast to the clearness of the CT scanner. Nobody was moving. The room behind can't be distinguished, and it is dark and quiet. I wondered, where am I if that's my body down there? I am both a patient and a bystander. I'm standing about three meters away from the stretcher, on the border where the darkness begins. My body is struggling for air. The collar is tight, but that's not the reason. I'm lying there helpless and exposed. Distress is so obvious that I feel it at this distance. My arms have been pulled above the head and fixed in in an unbearable position. There's no escape. My body is weak. The six figures around the CT are faceless and seem like they are frozen in place. I thought, if they don't help me, why don't I help myself? I watch everything, feeling strangely detached from the scene. There's a repeating noise that continues to disturb the quietness. 
I don't feel concerned, but I do know about the urgency of the sound. The body has no pain, but I feel something is wrong. I feel they are losing the fight for my life. As I realize that I am dying, I surrender to the inevitable. A shadow is shifting from the right between the table and myself, between the two parts of myself. It resembles a human being, but it doesn't have anything of a human. Whatever it is, it has a message for me. I call him a shadow because I can't find another term. He is similar to myself, but he doesn't have any mass or form. He is also not transparent. I'm not scared of the shadow, but I know that it isn't real or a healing visitor. The darkness tightens around me. I can't sense if the body is still alive or not because I am no longer connected to it. The last safety line has been cut by the shadow. It must have been him. New crystal clear feelings are flooding over me. What had been loneliness changed into security. The feeling of exposure, the last real feeling in the trauma room, became a feeling of security. Fear changed to confidence. Everything that had been oppressive and painful before turned beautiful and light. It was as if a veil was pulled away from my existence. The alarm sounded and the scene starts moving. There are only men standing around my body, but one in particular stands out. He is standing at the head of the stretcher and radiates a soft authority. He is older, slim, with a fuzzy bush of hair on his head and sad eyes. I will never forget him as I thought this man has already seen too much. He is the only one with a discernible face. He lifts his head and looks directly into my eyes. It was as if he knew a lost soul was standing there. He smiled softly. I don't know where to go. I don't know anything, and even the shadow has gone. I believe that he delivered his message, even though I don't understand it. What remains of myself is completely calm. A feeling of boundless freedom and clarity overwhelms me, peace enveloping me like in a warm blanket. What holds together the physical world doesn't count anymore. I'm very naturally a part of everything. Nevertheless, I feel some agitation around the stretcher. One of the faceless beings is standing near the IV pole. I watch as a person coming from the right side injects a golden liquid into the infusion bag. In the darkness, a gate appears on my left side. The round arch is very beautiful, simple and sublime at the same time. The light within outshines everything. It has nothing in common with the declining cone of light above my body. The light is a beacon of hope in the darkness. I am attracted to the gate, and I am gliding toward it. I am leaving the inanimate figure on the stretcher behind. The pull is overpowering. I want to touch the light.
When waking up in the ICU, the realization hit me hard that I was back in my body. Not only is my body in enormous pain, but it is too tight and too weak. My transition had been denied. I was just on the threshold of leaving, and then something yanked me back or pushed me away. I can't say exactly what. That wasn't my decision. There's only one thing that I know for sure. A part of my soul had been lost at the border. Maybe that part managed to cross over. I had like a glacial feeling of a loss that can't be compensated. I feel an overwhelming regret that in that night I wasn't allowed to continue my way to the end. I still feel that regret, but I am also curious to know what is hiding behind that curtain of light. My therapist once asked me what I wanted to find there. A universe, I told her. My body and soul have been reluctantly reunited, but they don't match. It's like a color shift in a printed picture. The printing plates have the same form, but overall the picture remains shapeless and blurred. If this text has a flaw, then it is the linear narrative. In my memory, everything happens at the same time. If I had to describe this with the limited possibilities of our language, I would say it happened at the speed of light, with slow motion. Until today, I had no idea how many hours it was from the moment I passed away until when I woke up in the ICU. I know that I actually had been in a CT scanner because the procedure had to be repeated several times to check if the inner bleeding had stopped. Those times I could hold my arms up on my own and the sandbag wasn't needed anymore. Sometimes I remember the face of the doctor even today. His smile was comforting, as if he wanted to say, It's okay, you can go. I feel sorry that I had no opportunity to tell him this. Many weeks afterwards, I was searching on the hospital website for this man out of pure curiosity. I found his picture deeply hidden in the database. I never met this man before the accident or later on. End quote. So that was Suzanne's near-death experience. I thought it was a fascinating account and I really don't have a whole lot more to add. It was a bit longer than some of the other ones I've read already, but there were just a few things that I wanted to emphasize that I thought were interesting details. There's no obvious religious imagery which appears in this NDE. There is only a gate and an unearthly light which she describes. She goes into detail how she's attracted to this light and it shines brighter than the normal everyday light which is over her body. And she describes wanting to be in that light and floating towards it when abruptly she finds herself back in her body. I felt like this was such a great account to read because there are all these little details which make it unique. During her experience, she's above this CT scanner, and it sounds like there are all these figures around 
her body that perhaps might be doctors, but she can't clearly see their faces. They're sort of these formless beings, the way she describes them, to where it's unclear whether they are actually there or if they are part of a dreamlike or part of the NDE, something that isn't physically there. Because later on, she describes one of these figures, one of these beings, injecting a gold liquid into her IV bag, it sounds like. And that could have happened in a medical setting, that there could be someone, one of the doctors or nurses, injecting a fluid into an IV bag. That sounds like a pretty common thing, but the fact that it was gold and that occurs right before this, this archway appears in the room. It's sort of blending between what may be happening physically and a experience which she's undergoing, which is imagery, spontaneous imagery, which she does not control. So I thought it was very interesting how this, the waking reality and the dream state might be blurred in this instance that there's some things actually happening in the room but they have this overlay of symbolic material like this golden liquid which somehow creates this portal into the afterlife it's really really interesting to read and then there's this shadow which appears at the moment of death and it appears between her soul's body and her physical body. She says that it has a message to deliver, which apparently it does, although she does not remember what the message is. It remains unconscious. And she suspects that this shadow is the one that cuts the link between her two bodies. Her account shares many commonalities with other NDEs. She says that she's trying to write this narrative linearly, but really the experience was outside of time. She describes it as perhaps happening at the speed of light where everything is happening at once, which is a fascinating way of describing it. She also talks about how once that line between her bodies is severed by the shadow that she feels completely free and calm and that these negative feelings of fear and vulnerability have transformed into peace and confidence. And that's something which aligns quite well with other NDE accounts. But then there are also these unique qualities to her, her experience which I don't often come across. She talks about this, this awful feeling of having lost a piece of herself at that moment of transition when she was trying to go into the light but got sucked back into her body. She describes it in such an interesting way, like, like when you're copying a picture and something moves or the printing plate is messed up where the image gets blurred and, and something doesn't carry over right. 
She describes this sense of loss, and it's incredibly sad to read. At the same time, while I haven't heard it described like that, there are often people who come back from near-death experiences and feel the sense of loss or sadness. And this feeling of like everything was right in their, at their fingertips, and they had the whole world, and they were home, and they were complete, and then suddenly they are crammed back into a painful, tight body and find themselves back in the physical world. This sort of depression is something that people sometimes describe post-NDE. But to wrap things up, I thought this account was a really fascinating example of how NDEs can exhibit commonalities and yet they all have their own unique flair to them. You will not find an experience exactly like this one. And yet there are things we can point to which we can find in other NDEs. It's this fascinating mystery of how we are both unique and just like everyone else in our lives and perhaps in death too. So with that, I think we will wrap things up. Thank you very much for listening today and thank you to Suzanne for wanting to share her account. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a five-star review on whichever podcast platform you use and share it with a friend because that really helps get the podcast out there. And there will be more NDEs to be read here in the near future. Until then, I hope you all stay safe and well. Bye.